Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Wrapping up kind of a wild, crazy week that we saw. Uh, we're going to touch briefly on, on the WASI report. Not a lot, but we're really going to focus on what's been going on this livestock side. As we all know, the struggle bus has been there for the cattle market. As Kyle Bumstead joins us, he is with Allendale Incorporated. WASI report did come out. On a Friday, not a lot of, I mean, not really a lot of fireworks with it, though we did see some positives on on the grain trade today. Yeah, we did. I mean, it, well, and, and uh, when you look at it, first of all, thanks for having me back, Susan. Uh, when you look at it, you know, the last two weeks we've been driving this thing, you know, about straight down every day or, or you know, it, it just been going down and down and down. And uh, the trade had been projecting a, uh, a larger crop, which obviously we raised our corn by a bushly acre here. The USDA did. And we raised our soybeans here by a little bit as well to like 50.6 versus 50.3. So when you look at it, okay, well, what's the next bearish thing we can throw at it? We made uh, multi-month lows today here in the corn complex at 497 and a half. And, you know, we didn't find any follow through momentum. We closed positive on the day, which looks good uh, on a daily chart, but the weekly chart I would have liked to see it close a little bit better in order to confirm we'd maybe slowed this descent and uh, maybe slowed it down Could start turning up here on the intermediate trend, Susan. Well, at least uh, the, the Minneapolis wheat was able to, to have some positive numbers. The rest of the wheat complex saw some struggles. As you look at the WASI report, though, from a livestock perspective, what do these numbers mean to our, to our livestock feeders? Well, when you, I guess when you look at it, this is this is a seasonal time of year when we are making our lows here in the corn and soybean complex. So I've been really focused on here the last couple of weeks, getting uh, producers and end users as far as feed yards and uh, and hog producers and chicken producers too to get their feed needs locked up here. Because when you look at it, the next uh, what eight to twelve weeks is going to give us the most grain the USA is going to see here for the next twelve months. So all of it's coming in here now is the now is a pretty good time here to get some coverage on as far as the cash market goes or you know, if you're not quite confident in your needs, you know, maybe some options or, uh, you know, longer term futures out there to some of those deferred contracts. Looking at the, the livestock side, is there some growing concern, though, about the economic slowdown and what that could possibly mean to our to our meat consumption? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when you go to the grocery store and uh, I went to a grocery store in Northwest Iowa last week and was back visiting some family and they had uh, ribeye steaks on sale there. They were on sale for eighteen ninety nine a pound. <laughs> And when I look at it, maybe they were for sale and not on sale. Uh, but, you know, you look at it, too, how many people in the country lost their unemployment benefits? Not that, you know, agree or disagree with the benefits, but, you know, how many people that are losing those benefits are going to be able to go afford to go out and buy steak? Plus, you know, we've also got fall here and uh, winter coming on. And so historically, people, you know, tend to go out less in the wintertime due to inclement weather and things like that. And when you look at some of the bigger cities and, and stuff like that, we're still having trouble getting, you know, staying open and offering full menus and things like that. They don't know how to plan because they don't know what kind of crowd they're going to have or what they're going to have for a workforce to even be at a restaurant or supermarket. So it's very tough for some end users as far as the meat side to, you know, get a plan together uh, for orders and such. But at least we've got schools and colleges back in session. We've got football games going on. So you know that there's lunches being made and there's some tailgating taking place, which should hopefully help the proteins a little bit. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. We do. Um, but those are those tend to be your cheaper cuts of meat, you know, your hamburgers, hot dogs and things like that. So, yeah, we're always going to move a certain amount like that. And there's always going to be a certain underlying current of demand for those types of cuts. Yes. Uh, but your higher end cuts, you know, your, your your higher end steaks and things like that. Some of the demand could be questioned on those. Long- and for, from a from a meat packer standpoint, too, um, 
some of these new, uh, how do I want to word this, mandates that are being released by leadership in Washington, how do they deal with that in a workforce if you've got a workforce that doesn't want to comply or just plain doesn't want to show up for work? And I think that that's, uh, that's kind of showing through in some of our cattle complex for sure here. Some triple-digit losses. That just seems to be the theme that we've seen for this cattle market this week and even a little bit last week. Well, we did the escalator up and we're doing the elevator down, and that's that's typically how these markets happen like this. And when we saw that, we put in a top on some pretty bullish news with that cattle on feed report we had. We got the momentum going. There were several things happened after that last cattle on feed report that would put a technical that would put a technical uh, chart watcher or technician uh, into a long position because. Number one, we had the, the, the cattle on feed report, which maybe they would watch that, maybe they wouldn't, but we had open interest up on a, there's a couple of days there we had open interest up, but we had open interest up for sure one day over 13,000 contracts on volume of over 100,000 contracts traded. So that right there speaks into a volume of, okay, something changed in the market, but then we also broke into new multi-year highs on that volume push and on that surge of new open interest. So that would tend to attract new buyers until we had somewhat of a reversal the next the, the the following day on that Tuesday, and then they said no, no, I don't think so. And what what you saw was not necessarily a change in open interest, but longs getting out and going short. And when you look at some of our uh, CFTC reports, that kind of backs that up. And we're also trading here with with a lot of commercials. There, but there's there's a lot of commercial selling going on here because it just says we've got plenty of fundamental supply right now in our cattle complex so looking at that and i wanted to before we had to break look at these bull spreads what is your thoughts how are we going to see this play out not only as we wrapped up the markets on a friday but head into the Mm -hmm. this next week well we close positive in a lot of these bull spreads here today up front and that's what we need to do but something you've got to get done first, you've got to get the cash market to pick itself up. Now, the cash and the October futures have come together in line very nicely here early before before the October goes off the board. So they didn't wait until the last day to converge, which we've seen happen so many times this year and last year. They wait till the very last day, the very last few minutes when the futures and the cash would converge. We've done that. Now we've got to get some buying interest here. We've got to get this October or the front months. We've got to get the front months here to start picking up and the deferreds to start going down or staying stabilized here somewhat in order to get a better, you know, you better read on the spreads here. If we start market where we get the front months above the deferred contracts, that's going to look really good long term. All right. Well, stick around, folks. More is coming up. It's a fine now, final Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation with Kyle Bumstead with Allendale Incorporated. And we kind of left uh, off at the end of the break here talking about the bull spreads and the cattle. Do you have any other final thoughts on the way these bulls are? Well, in order to get this, like I said before in the last segment, we've got to get the cash market to pick itself up. Then we've got to get the spreads. We've got to get the front month trading par at first and then over the deferred. So that's going to get you a better market structure longer term. When we're bear spread like this, we it's it's tough when you have 
carry or premium structured in the deferreds in a meat market. Now, I know there's no textbook version of carry in a meat market in, in the case of cattle or hogs or feeder cattle, but in the case of feeder cattle, well, maybe they'll be worth more out in the deferred, so I'll just hang on to them a little bit, or even the live cattle to an extent here. They're worth more the next, uh, they're worth more next month, so I just will hold them for another 30 days. So you are hearing and seeing some of that, and our weights are somewhat confirming that. Now, the weights are, uh, Weights really can't be, um, they can, but they, they really can't be skewed with last year because we had a lot of issues with uh, slaughter and pace and, and with the whole show we had last year. Uh, you know, we're comparing them to a couple years ago here back to 2019 and 2018. We're still running over those years. So we still have a ton of issue as far as the live cattle uh, market is concerned. So the WASI report, we talked about it from an example of the grains, but nobody really talks about the livestock side of the WASI reports. And obviously these are just preliminary numbers. Nothing's really set in stone. Right. Right. Well, I always like to flip to the back of it because... It gives a projection. The government gives you a projection, just like they did on the grain side of things. It gives you a projection of production, and it gives you a projection of price. Now, I don't really necessarily see price when I look at it in the grain side of things, but when I look at it on the live cattle side of things, uh, you know, just take 2021, for instance, here. Uh, their projection was like 113 for the first quarter. Well, that's kind of where we came in at. The, the Q2 of this year, 2021, was uh, 120.75, and we traded a lot of 121, you know, late spring and, and early summer. Now, the third quarter, surprise, surprise, cash is trading 124. That's where they have their quarterly estimate at is at 124. Now, for the fourth quarter, They've got it trading, or they've got us at 131 on a cash steer price. Well, that's not completely impossible if we look at how, you know, we're, we're adding a dollar or two every few weeks on this cattle market. If we don't get stuck in a rut here for, you know, four to six weeks at this 124 level, there's a possibility we could be trading a 131 cash. I won't disagree with that. Uh, but you look at the, the first quarter of uh, 2022, they've got us at 133. And so, some extrapolation of how our cash market's been reacting here the past few months, moving that out to the first part of next year, it is possible. But I'd like to see these spreads kind of come back in line here and confirm it. We're trading at multi-year lows in some of these, you know, forward spreads, and that doesn't really tell me that there's a lot of confidence in this cash market moving higher short term. Now, the second quarter, they've got it back down to 128. So second quarter is going to be starting into your April, your uh, April, May, June area time frame out there. So it's going to be interesting to see how those numbers match up once we finally get there. Talk about the fall run of feeder cattle. What are some things that our, our guys need to be thinking about as they move these calves from pasture to feedlots? Well, I think we're going to be uh, placing, I, I don't think out west here, um, what's been sold or, or, or what's going to be coming to town here to be sold is going to be held uh, very long. I think that people with the hay situation out here like it is and their winter pastures the way they are, they've got to conserve those for the stock cows or what stock cows that some of these operations have left. So I think as far as preparation goes, you may be wanting to get some uh, get some hay lined up for sure while there's still some hay around here in the countryside, as well as getting some of your corn or, or wheat feed needs locked up too as we get into this time frame here while we're making these seasonal lows here in the grain complex. You brought up the dryness and the need for, for hay are we going to see another herd disbursement run as, as these cows come off of what's left of pastures and then they'll worry about feeding them this winter? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, absolutely. I look for it. I think that there's going to be some operations, you know, uh, looking at it from a, a cowman standpoint that I know there's some operations that don't historically uh, preg check their cows, you know, as far as pregnancy. If they're a good cow, if they're a young cow, well, let's just throw her back in the herd, give her one more chance at it. And I don't think that some of these cows are going to get one more chance. Now, uh, I think some of them are going to get pregged and they say, well, if you didn't make it this year, you're going to go to town. So we could see a little bit more dispersion here coming in uh, once we get these cows off of grass and you know we finally get them up to term where we can check and see if they're bred and uh, how far along you might even get a lot of shortbreads that come to town too any final thoughts things that we need to keep an eye on as we head into the the next week's trading session well, let's uh, let's take a look for sure at this feeder cattle index. Now, the feeder cattle index looks like it's put in a uh, it could have put in a major top here a couple weeks ago, uh, right here on the 31st of August toward the 1st of September. Now we've seen the the feeders here; they made a high here, uh, right around that 15789 area. Good. The best way for folks to get a hold of you, Kyle. Just give me a buzz here at the office at 308. 308- 708-7340. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.